Welcome and thank you for listening to River Valley Church Fresno's podcast. For more information on us, please log in to our website, rvcfresno.com, or you can find us at the App Store, River Valley Church Fresno. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to RVC Online today. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us. We are in a series called A Call to Prayer, and today we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. And this understanding that God calls us to prayer because he wants to bless us and he wants to meet the needs that each of us have in our lives. And so the author is writing to a group of Jewish Christians, helping them understand uh, their standing and who they are in God because of their faith in Jesus Christ and what that brings into their life and what it brings into our life as a result. So the author says in verse 14, chapter 4, he says, since, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We pray, God calls us to pray because he wants to bless us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to meet our needs. Uh, we, a verse I shared last week, James chapter four, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. We've said this statement throughout this series, God moves in answer to prayer. You know, I believe that most of us have faith uh, in God's ability to actually help us in our time of need, but I think we all might struggle or some of us struggle with the faith to actually believe that God is willing to actually help us in, in our time of need. Uh, today, we see his desire to actually, uh, for us to come and to receive freely from his throne of grace, to have our burdens relieved, to have our needs met. And my hope today, as it's been throughout this series, is that you and I would learn to habitually take it to the Lord, whatever that it is, whatever the struggle is in your life, whatever your need is, is that we would consistently learn to take it directly to the Lord. Uh, there's nothing more important than you and I would cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, our mission as a church is together knowing him, knowing Jesus. And what that looks like is developing a relationship with him through prayer and through God's word. We use that acronym ACTS all the time, A-C-T-S, where, where we see the, 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 the um, I guess, everything that needs to be included in prayer, adoration or worship of God, a confession of our sins, thanksgiving to all that God has done for us. And then the last letter, S, it stands for supplication, uh, really just asking for our needs. And that's what we're looking at today. You know, for many different reasons, each of us, I think we struggle taking it to the Lord when we face a difficulty or situation, uh, and it's something that we need to get over because we miss out on his blessings. You know, I didn't grow up in church, but uh, when I did become a follower of Jesus, the church I attended would occasionally throw in an old hymn. And it's so funny, I'm grateful for all the new songs that we have. You know, the Bible says to sing to the Lord a new song, and we're grateful for all the wonderful songs that point us to Jesus and point us to his word. But there's an old hymn called uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And, and the words go like this. 
what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, and what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Isn't that true? Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can, I, can we find a friend so faithful who all, with all our sorrows share, Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Friends, as we walk through and, and look at this passage today, I want you to just hear that, that heartbeat of God's word saying, take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus that we can take these things to the Lord in prayer. It reminds us of our great privilege that we have and this access that we have and this invitation that we have to take every need, every crisis, every struggle, every worry, every, every situation to the Lord in prayer. Now, the writer of Hebrews, he's, he's helping Christians who are struggling with understanding their rightful standing with God because they had, uh, had, had, had a tradition of bringing a sacrifice to the temple and, uh, and, and this idea that I've got to do something in order to gain access to God. Well, all of that was really a, um, a foreshadowing of what Jesus ultimately would do. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice who gave his life for us so that he might freely forgive us of our sins. And, and so the author tells us that he's the great high priest. He's the one who has completely brought forgiveness and reconciliation in our lives with God the Father. As a high priest, he was the mediator who bridged the gap between a, a holy God and sinful humanity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because of our sins, we were unable to come freely before God. Uh, but now that Jesus has died and risen, we now have this access. He's made a way for sinners to know God and to come into his presence. And he's now sitting at the right hand of God. He's taking care of our sins. And the Bible says that he's interceding for all of us, right, for all the saints, which is every true believer, you and me. And he's given us now, as the great high priest, what the author says, he's given us access to God now in prayer. Jesus made it possible for humans to be saved and forgiven and now to have access to God. You know, one of the great theologians said this, Christianity is a religion of access. You and I can approach a holy God. And so here in our text today, we're encouraged to take it to the Lord in prayer. And he tells us how that's to happen in our lives. First of all, he tells us that we are to come into his presence, approach his presence, as verse 16 says, with confidence draw near, with confidence. Now, that doesn't mean in arrogance. It doesn't mean like, oh, you know, God's given me access, so here I am. No, we have a reverence as we come before the Lord, but we have a confidence that, that we belong there and we have access there into his presence. It means this, to have bold frankness. Lord, this is what my need is. You don't have to be fearful. Am I saying things right? You know, it's weird. As a new Christian, we would, you know, go to prayer meetings and whatnot. And I always feel like intimidated to pray. Maybe you feel like that. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, they're so good at praying. And then when it comes to your turn, you're just like starting to sweat bullets. And you're like, you know, dear God. And you just like mess everything up. And you go, oh man, he's not even going to listen to my prayer. No, 
We speak with bold frankness. We come with plainness of speech and we share, uh, you know, before the Lord our needs. This is what confidence means. Uh, We're not fearful in his presence. We have confidence that we belong there and that we can come before him. You know, Satan wants to hinder this kind of praying. Satan wants to discourage us taking it to the Lord in prayer, whatever that it is for you, uh, giving us this, this a sense or these lies that, oh, he's unapproachable or he's not able or he's not willing. And so then we don't have confidence before him uh, or that you don't have it together yet in your life. So you don't get to come to God for help. I think that all of us have felt at one time that our failures, especially as you walk through week after week and just feel like, man, I have so many needs I need God's help with, but man, I failed. I've blown it. And so I don't, I'm not warranted to go before the Lord. I've got to get my life back on track. Then I can go to the Lord in prayer. This is why, guys, we need our Bibles. We need to be in God's word so that we might read about why it is that we would have confidence to come before the Lord in prayer. Uh, we come because of his work that he's done for us on the cross, not because of my righteousness, not because of what you and I have done right this week. We come because of what he's done on the cross for us, and he's opened the way and calls us to come with confidence. Uh, We also understand we have confidence because we have a, a savior, a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. As the author tells us that he was tempted at all points Yet he was without sin. He stood against the great winds of temptation when you and I had fallen. He knows more than any one of us the weight and the feeling of temptation as he's tempted at every point. And yet he was without sin. So he's able to actually bring help to us. He knows what we go through. He's actually there with us. It means this this idea that he sympathizes with our weakness. It means that he is inwardly moved to help us. He's a compassionate Savior. That's why we can come with confidence to his throne of grace. Matthew 11 tells us that Jesus, when he looked at the multitudes, he says, come to me all who are uh, weary, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, right? Everyone who is busted and broken, trying to work for God's approval, or just laden down heavy with the burden of sin, he says, come to me. And then he lets us know his resume, who he is as a savior. He says, I'm gentle and I am lowly at heart. You know what that means? It means that Jesus is the most um, accessible person in the universe, that he welcomes all who are broken and recognize their need to actually come before him. The only prerequisite is to be weary. The only prerequisite is to be in need and in weakness. See, Jesus was tempted too. He knows our weaknesses. He sympathizes with them, yet he was without sin. You know, to come with confidence also means to come expectantly, to actually believe that God is who he says he is, but also to believe that he does what he says he will do. So that's faith. My faith is in you, Lord. My faith is in you. And so I'm gonna come with confidence and I'm gonna take it to the Lord. We also, it's not just this expectantly, but it's also persistently. We come over and over. It's interesting, the the tense of this language here in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, is that 
it's supposed to be an ongoing thing, right? To keep on drawing near with confidence. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and following, Jesus says, uh, keep on praying, keep on knocking, right? Uh, this idea that it's an ongoing action, right? Keep on seeking, keep on praying, keep on knocking, and the door will be open. Uh, that's, that's the promise of God, but it's a persistent thing that happens in our life. So Jesus provides this access to God. He provides this acceptance that we have from God. As the Bible tells us in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, that, <clears throat> that in him we are accepted in the beloved. Isn't that great news? You know, we talk about when, you know, someone gets saved at church, we say, oh, they accepted Jesus Christ. It's really not biblical in, in, as, as far as like a, an understanding or concept. What is biblical is that Jesus Christ has accepted you and he's accepted me. And because he's accepted me, he's given me access to God. And now I can draw near with confidence. I can take it to the Lord with confidence that he sympathizes with my weaknesses, that he's asking me to come persistently. He's giving me permission to come persistently. He's giving me permission to come expectantly before him because he loves me. In him, we've been accepted. So take it to the Lord with confidence. He also mentions something else that I want to park on for a sec. He says, let us there then with confidence draw near, listen to this, to the throne of grace. So we come with confidence to his throne of grace. We approach God in prayer because his is a throne of grace, right? I don't come on my own merit. I don't come because I have it together. I don't show up with confidence before the Lord because, you know, this idea, look, Lord, you know, all these things that I've done for you this week, you know, I deserve your blessing right now. That's a bad way to live. If that's true, we'll never come. You know, we kind of get trained with this idea, though, growing up. Many of us have grown up in households, you know, where it's like, hey, if you're a good boy, you can have ice cream for dessert. And then you end up being a naughty boy. It's like, well, you get no dessert, you know, tonight. You don't get anything. Uh, Santa, he's like this too, right? He's got his list. Yeah, he knows who's naughty. He knows who's nice. And if you're on the naughty list, you get coal, okay? I don't mean like something from coals. I mean like lumps of coal in your stocking from Santa because you made the naughty list. If I come by my works, I'll barely come. If I have to come because, gee, I have it all together this week, then I'll rarely come. But because it's grace... I can come at any time. I'm so thankful for grace. That, that might be the best word in our Bible. Grace. Getting what I don't deserve. That's what grace is. Getting what you and I don't deserve from God because he loves us, because he's accepted us, because we have believed in him and these blessings come our way. We are saved by grace and guess what? By God's grace, he chooses to bless our lives because we simply come before him to his throne of grace. Again, uh, it's his work that he's done has made a way and that's why we get this expression, the throne of grace. I don't have to have it all together because I can't. You know, many times I look at my failures. I look at, the, you know, like, man, I've just failed at my devotions this week, 
right? Or uh, I've let my flesh take over my life this week. You know, I've just given in and indulgences to my fleshly sinful desires. Or maybe you've blown up at your spouse or you, you know, you yelled at your kid and you, you look back and you go, gosh, that was just out of anger. That wasn't right for me to do. Uh, you've had thoughts that are not right. They're impure. And you just think to yourself, I, I really shouldn't ask the Lord for help. I mean, that's when you and I know we don't understand grace when we are on a treadmill of performance. This week, I'm going to bring my child's need to the Lord because I'm on it. I had devotions. I had my thoughts in check this week. I bit my tongue when I wanted to yell at somebody. Lord, look at how good I've been this week. Surely now I'm worthy to come. You're never worthy to come. You can choose to have a throne of works. Lord, here's what I offer you. It always falls short. I'm grateful for a throne of grace. How do you approach God? Do you approach God with, Lord, here's my works that I've done for you, right? Or on the basis of your efforts or your goodness uh, or your abilities to keep it together or the finished work of Jesus Christ where he provides this throne of grace before you and I to come before him in prayer. How could I ever come with confidence before God except through Jesus Christ? Think about that. We come on the basis of his grace and mercy, not our works and what we deserve, based on his love for us, his desire to bless us. I don't deserve it, Lord, I know but I'm so grateful it's a throne of grace. And because I come, because we come on the basis of his goodness and grace, we can come boldly and we take it to the Lord where number three, to receive the help that we need. Okay, guys, I don't know about you. We used to sing this song in youth group. Actually, Jason's dad was my boss. This is like a billion years ago. Jason's was five years old when uh, I was working at People's Church for his dad, and we had such a great student ministry going there, and I was one of the interns that worked alongside of him. We used to sing this song, Lord, I need you every minute of the day. You know, I don't remember the rest of it, but it was like a, it was like a song we did every week over and over and over for like 475 weeks in a row. But it just rang so true, you know, like, Lord, I need you every day. Lord, I need you every hour. I mean, I literally, I need the Lord every single moment. I need his wisdom. I need his help. I need his comfort. I need his forgiveness. Uh, I need his strength to be strong and to stand strong, uh, to stand against all the attacks of the enemy. Man, I need the Lord. And so we come with confidence through the grace that God's provided, that's his throne of grace, so that we might receive the help that we need in the time that we need it. I don't know about you, but here's a sign you need a new doctor. You call the doctor's office, you got to, <coughs> not like a COVID cough, but like a, you know, man, I'm feeling sick. I feel like crud. I want to get back after it in my week. And man, is I can, I, can I see the doctor because I'm feeling really crummy right now? And then, you know, if they say to you like, hey, you know what? In five weeks, we have an opening for you to come and see. And I'm like, well, I, I sure hope I still, I'm still sick. So that way it's, you know, like worth all of our time's sake, right? Man, like when they call the doctors, <clears throat> next week I'm going to do a sermon series on everything that ticks me off in this life. We call the doctor's office and we say, hey, lady, I sound terrible. 
Hey, sir, I sound terrible. I want to get to see the doctor so you can get me some help. Man, I'm so grateful that God doesn't say like, well, you know what? I've got an opening later on this year. It's like the Lord gives you the help you need in the moment that you need it. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. A verse I shared last week, a verse you should have memorized and tattooed on your soul, maybe your body. It's don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I love this. Paul says, tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. I come with confidence, not based on my efforts or my works, but based on the finished work of Jesus Christ to his throne of grace. And I come and I say, God, this is what I need right now. Take it to the Lord so that you might receive the mercy and grace to help in your time of need. You know, there's no request that's too big. There's no request that's too small. Sometimes, maybe you and I, we struggle with the thought of, um, you know, man, I just keep coming to the Lord for the same thing. I kind of feel stupid. And I'm wondering when the Lord's going to say like, okay, last time, right? This is your last time. As a parent, maybe you've felt like that in the past where you feel like, you know what, man? I'm trying to get the kids off the bed and it feels like it's a, you know, a three hour procedure because, oh, I need some water and oh, gee, I did this. And can you turn this light on and all these different things, right? I remember we stayed with a family in England. We took some young people over to do some mission trip experience and share the gospel in their schools because they opened the doors for us to come and present who Jesus Christ is. And I stayed with this one family, and she had a lot of little kids. And uh, when she would be like, have like, I'm um, time out, mommy is off duty now, she would tell the kids, mommy's not here, Mrs. Papadopoulos is here. And unless you can say my name correctly, then I can't help you. And so the kids would struggle, Mrs. Papadopoulos, you know, couldn't do it. So I thought, oh, that's a great trick. I'm going to have to, you know, try that at some point. Uh, you know, not here, Mr. Papadopoulos is here. God never tires of you coming to him. He's not a worn out parent. He's not like a tired parent who's, you know, uh, doing Zoom from home and trying to homeschool kids and like, oh man, I'm just done. I need a, you know, mommy needs a timeout, a little break. He doesn't get tired. He's a God who desires, listen to me. He's a God who lives now to intercede for us and to bring the things that we call on him that we need in our lives. I'm reading a book right now called Gentle and Lowly. It's by an author named Dane Ortland, And here's what he says that just really struck me, talking about the gentleness and the humility of Jesus and his accessibility that, that, he, that he gives to you and I. He said he, he does not get flustered or frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness for renewed pardon, with distress and need and emptiness. That's the whole point. It's what he came to heal. He went down into the horror of death and plunged out through the other side in order to provide a limitless supply of mercy and grace to his people. Mercy, the author says, it's to not get what you and I deserve, which is judgment, 
right? Grace is to get what we don't deserve. I need mercy for my past failures. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. We come to his throne of grace. God, I messed up. God, forgive me. That thing I said that I would not do again, I've done it again. God, I need you to forgive me right now, right? That's mercy, for our past failures. That area you keep slipping up. You say, God, I'm sorry. You'll never hear from the other side of the throne of grace. Well, this last time, this is your last time. And then, and then your forgiveness is up. That's not the way it works. Jeremiah, when he wrote the little book called Lamentations, his brokenness over you know, the destruction of Israel and their sin and disobedience and, and, and then the punishment that they received out of discipline from the Lord. He said this, and he reminds us, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. We need mercy for our past failures, but we need grace to meet our present and future needs. We need mercy because of our sin. We need grace because of our weaknesses. Take it to the Lord. What is your it, right? To make a change? Maybe some destructive patterns that you have in your life? Maybe some sin that you just have been unwilling to get rid of and you bring it to the Lord and the Lord says, break this stronghold in your life. Let me set you free from this sin. Maybe it's that past hurt that controls your life. What happened to you as a kid or what happened to you, maybe you were abandoned by your spouse and, and, and that, that feeling continues, that, that bitterness and rage inside continues to control how you live your life, and it spills out on other people. Man, take it to the Lord and get the grace you need to make a change in your life, right? This resurrection power now dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. You can be an overcomer through the power of God's spirit as you practice taking everything to the Lord in prayer. You don't have to walk through life in bondage and all bound up in sin and addiction. You don't have to have the chains shackling your life and holding you down of all your past mistakes and failures. I don't care what you've done. God's forgiveness never runs out. His mercies never end. That's what Jeremiah tells us. That's what God's word tells us. There's no trial too great. There's no temptation too strong. There's no problem too big. Friend, don't give up. Take it to the Lord. Build that into your life as a habit, that struggle, that addiction, that wayward child that needs to come back to Jesus. Take them to the Lord in prayer, right? That need for healing. Jesus meets us in our sins and misery with his heart of mercy. He fills up our cup with unending grace that never runs out. There's always grace to help in your time, in my time, in all of our time of need. So we come with confidence before him. It's, and we have frank, honest, plain prayers. God Here's what I need before you. I have confidence that you listen. I have confidence you're able. I have confidence that you're willing because it's the throne of grace that I've come to receive the help that I need. It's God, I need you today. That's a valid prayer to pray. God, I'm overwhelmed with what I'm dealing with right now. God, would you help me? 
Would you, maybe you're a, a single parent. Maybe you're overwhelmed, uh, you know, high school student or college student or single adult. That you just, I'm just overwhelmed with life, school and work and just craziness, family drama, right? It just never seems to end. God, I need your help today. God, I'm fearful today. What an honest prayer before the Lord. God, I'm struggling today. I read this week, one pastor said, consistently kneel in prayer and you'll consistently stand in faith. You know, there were a group of Jewish Christians, they were believers, back in the first century, in some home church environment, as they read this letter that the author of you know, Hebrews wrote, and as they read this letter, right, they, they, they were once again had a renewed ability to have confidence to come before the throne of grace to receive help in their time of need, right? Maybe you've lost your confidence. Maybe... Uh, you're, t- you know, you've gone weeks and weeks, right? They say s- seven days without the Bible will make one week, right? Maybe you haven't been spending time in God's word, which builds up our faith and gives us the truth about who we are in him and what he's able to do in our lives. Maybe you've struggled with some sin. You feel like, gosh, I keep screwing up. I keep messing up. I keep, you know, falling back in that same temptation. Man, the Lord's done with me, right? You've lost your confidence, Friends, the great high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has made a way for you to have direct access to God and acceptance before him. So you take it to the Lord. You have permission to take it to the Lord, whatever it is in your life. Building into your daily habits this week. Practice as a situation comes up this week. Practice taking it to the Lord. Let me leave you with this, these words What a friend we have in Jesus, right? All our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That last line, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Friends, take it to the Lord in prayer this week. I believe that God is going to move in our church. God is going to move in your life when you and I get and understand that we can take God at his word and we can actually bring these things that overwhelm us, that we're heavy laden with, that are burdens of ours, that we labor over, and we can lay them at the feet of Jesus and we can find the mercy and the grace to help us in our time of need. You know, as we wrap up today, you know, maybe as you're listening right now or watching right now and you think about this friend that we have in Jesus and the only way you have access to God through this kind of avenue of prayer to be the friend of God is by surrendering your heart to him you've got to actually you know who is it that has access before God it's those who've repented of their sin and realized that they on their own are unable to reach a holy God so they need Jesus Christ who the author says is our great high priest who has provided a way through his death on the cross for you and I to be saved and brought in a relationship with God. What do I need to do? Well, you need to do what every human being has done who's ever found a relationship with God a reality, is that you realize that you're a sinner. 
You realize that you've broken God's commands. You and I cannot cancel out our debt of sin with our good effort. That's called religion, and religion will never bring you into relationship properly with God. You need a Savior who willingly went to the cross for your sins, but you have to admit to God that you're a sinner. You need to recognize that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And when he hung on the cross, he absorbed the wrath of God for sin that you deserved and that I deserved, And the Bible says he exchanged all of his righteousness and he deposited it into your account when you put your faith in him before God. You repent of your sin. You say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm gonna change direction in my life. I'm gonna go in the direction of you and where you are instead of that old life that I've been living. And you receive Jesus Christ in your life as Savior and Lord. It's a simple prayer. You pray, you you bow your head, you get on your knees, wherever you are, you just say, God, I'm calling upon you to save my soul. I know I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness today. God, I want you to come into my life. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I ask you to take over my life. I ask that you would make me new as your word says. Lord, thank you for your love and for your death on the cross and resurrection. God, take over my life. I give my life to you now. You know, it's not magical words. God's looking at your heart, but you say, God, I want you to take over my life. You could pray that prayer wherever you are right now. And today, if this is the day that you say, God, I want to surrender to you, reach out to us. I would love to send you some stuff from our church that will just help you grow. We'll send you a Bible if you need a Bible. We'll send you some tools that help you understand what it means to walk with God by faith and have a relationship with him. God bless you guys. I'm praying this week that all of us find this freedom to take it to the Lord in prayer. Let us know how God is working in your life as well. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.